This is episode 164 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're finishing up Winter Youth 2008 Epiphany Kingdom with Chris C. This is session six. Would you remain standing? I want to read to you from scripture. Um, We're going to look at two of the blessings that Paul gives to the church in Thessalonica as he's departing. And um, it's better than anything I could dream up to say to you. And in uh, 2 Thessalonians, he concludes his letter this way. He says, And now, dear friends, and I would call you all dear friends after the beautiful days that we've spent together. I think you would look and say, I've made new friends. And some people I love and I value. Amen? Amen! And my dear friends, may the Lord of peace himself grace you with peace always and in everything. Right? Peace, this, as the Hebrews understood, is shalom. It's God making things right in the world. I'm praying for your families and for your schools, for your churches, for your futures, that you will see the presence of God stepping in and taking what's broken and making it right. May the Lord be present with all of you. The greatest prayer we can pray for each other in so many ways is just that God would be present. I know that for many of you, you're going to have some hard times. Some of you are going to have them today. You're going to get home and you're going to be faced with some difficulties and some challenges, right? So I I can't pray that life is always easy for you. It wouldn't be true. It wouldn't be real. And the fact is you wouldn't grow and you wouldn't learn and neither would I. But what I can pray and I will pray and I'm going to ask you to pray and demonstrate uh, to one another is that in good times and bad, that God would always be present with you and that you would be keenly aware of the presence of God. And when you're aware of that, then you're also aware that you have brothers and sisters that gathered with you. So we're going to share in an Old Testament ritual. It's one that throughout the ages the church has celebrated. And we take a moment to remind one another that God is with you and God is not leaving you. Right? So um, some of our, our Barnabas helpers, and would you just give a hand to them real quick? These guys, these guys are amazing. I just, on a regular basis, I would just drop my pen just so I could watch these guys pick it up before I even got to it. It was unbelievable. They're just servants, and it's a beautiful thing. And they're going to come among you with some cups of oil. And what I'd like for you to do is just to dip those. You're going to share them. Just dip your finger in the oil. And I'd love for you to turn to your neighbor. Are the Barnabas folks coming forward? These lights are too much. I can't see. I don't see any of them. Does it? Okay, well... They told me they were going to do that. Hey, is there anybody that knows what's going on? Do you, do you guys have the cups of oil? Wow, Jonathan told me we were all set. Is he around back there? He, wow. Now I look stupid, don't I? Let's pray for me and my own stupidity. Hey, James, would you find out what the story is? Um, so this is what you're going to do when the oil shows up. And it's kind of, uh, it, it's a symbol throughout the generations that when a mother or father would anoint their child with oil, that they were praying a prayer that God would be present. They don't have the oil. They're at the, wow. Okay, before we leave, this is what we're going to do. Now you're set up for it. And we are going to, uh, to anoint one another with oil, and I'll tell you how to do it when it actually happens. So I'll tell you what, have a seat, and I'm going to read to you. Um, from Paul's letters. Wow, don't I look stupid. I was feeling really bad because 
Scott, somebody made him a scarf. And I've, in the, if you, who made the scarf for Scott? That was so kind. And he was just bragging to me like, the kids love me a lot more than you, Chris. And he kept saying things like that and really was hurting my feelings. And then I got back to my room last night and some kids from, I think, Duval? My peeps out there had some raisinets on the door for me with a really sweet card. Raisinets are better than scarves. <laughs> There's more raisinets in the bag than there are scarves on your neck. Huh? How about that? A lot. So then I felt really loved when I went to bed. Thank you to my my people from Duval, and to all of you, you guys, I, I, Jonathan was asking me, just your experience here, and what have you enjoyed, and, and I told him the thing I think I've enjoyed most is that you guys are intelligent, you're longing to follow God, and that many of you have the maturity to, to, as I stop and I talk to you, to look me in the eye and be able to say, hey, these are the things that I've learned, and thank you for this, and know that... Um, this is helpful in your spiritual life and your family. It's really helpful getting a job, and there's going to be like one job available over the next decade, apparently. So you, you may want to remember, when, when you can look someone in the eye and express yourself clearly, it's a very beautiful thing. And so many of you have done that. It's very exceptional. So I am, I'm very proud of you. This is how in First Thessalonians, Paul concludes his... Uh, his letter to the brothers and sisters there. He says, brothers and sisters, we strongly advise you. First, he's saying, scold the rebels. Be careful that they've devoted their lives to seeking havoc and getting in trouble. And then in verse 16, he tells us this. Celebrate always. It's a good word from Paul, huh? Good to know that Paul said, have a party, please. Right? How many of you had fun last night? beautiful, huh? It's a sacred thing to celebrate well, right? Now, this is part of the culture in high school that uh, people have distorted what celebration looks like. Let me tell you, whether you're young or old, drinking too much, getting sick, and acting like a moron is not a celebration, okay? It's not. And if a few of you are willing to lead out well and say, you know what, I'm going to show you what it's like to really celebrate, to really have a good time, to eat good food, to laugh, to tell great stories, to bring in this magician just to do some crazy stuff. I don't know what you could do. I think you should bring him in just to do a high school party. I don't know what he costs, but I'll chip in. Um, to say, you know what, we're going to be a people that we live life and celebrate well. It, part of the reason that so many kids in your school end up going in the wrong direction is that um, Christianity hasn't offered a beautiful alternative. I believe you kids are prepared to go back and to be a part of that um, and to celebrate that well. So he tells us first in, uh, in verse 16, so celebrate always, pray constantly. You'll find that you will not be stressed and feeling like the world is on your shoulders if you live a life of prayer where you're handing things over to God, believing that God is doing something beautiful in this world. And give thanks to God no matter what the circumstances you find yourself in. I couldn't emphasize this enough for you. If you can learn to be content, whether you have, Paul talks a lot about this, whether you have little or much, 
your, your life will be a beautiful thing. If you base your life on what you have and what your circumstances are, and your happiness is based on that, you will live a long and a miserable life. I, I promise you this. If, if it's about if you drive this car, you have this thing, uh, King Solomon talks to us about this, this reality that the stuff of this world, our circumstances, they change quickly. Right? When I was a kid, it, I, uh, I just knew if I, ever, if I got a Jeep that the world would be right. I was just convinced. I knew. If, as soon as I get a Jeep, I knew, one, it's just fun, right? I mean, what could be more fun than driving around in a Jeep and turning up the radio and, and I knew that women love men that drive Jeeps. They do, right? I mean, they, there's no doubt. I just was convinced, right? And so I finally get a Jeep, and part of what I figure out was, one, it broke down a lot. It was really rattly. Two, um, anything you have in a Jeep is basically community property. People steal everything in your Jeep constantly, right? And I live in Texas. It gets a little hot, and it doesn't matter whether you have air conditioning or not. You just sweat a lot in a Jeep. And women don't like men that stink no matter what they drive, right? It just, if you sweat a lot, it's not impressive, right? And it didn't matter, it didn't matter what it was. It could be the big house. It could be the next car. If you wait on that to satisfy you, you'll be miserable. But if you decide, you know what, the things that really make me happy or the fact that God loves me and forgives me no matter what. That I'm going to invest in true friendships, love people well, and receive love well. It'll be a good life. So do that. Then he tells us, don't suppress the spirit. This is what we talked about last night. It's the spirit that animates the beautiful things in your life. It's the spirit that will tell you, that's the kid in the lunchroom you need to talk to. It's the spirit that gives you words to say when you don't have it. Don't suppress the work of the spirit. Don't downplay prophecies. And prophecies aren't, again, they're not the crazy predictions of what's going to happen Next year, prophecies are what we've been doing here. It's allowing the scripture to paint a portrait for us for what the kingdom of God looks like versus what the world looks like now and us being called into it. Don't downplay that you can be a part of the kingdom of God. And this is really important too. Take a close look at everything. Test it. And then cling to what's good. Right? Now, most of what I told you while I'm here, it's just stuff I read from the Bible. It's pretty clear. There's probably nothing that's too crazy, but I might throw in something crazy every now and then just to see if you're listening. Right? Don't believe everything that you hear, no matter who it comes from. Your brain isn't the sponge that just absorbs things. You have the ability to agree and disagree, and part of what you're called to do is to pray, to test the Spirit, to read the Scriptures, and to search for truth. Okay? So be a person. Don't do it in a way that's antagonistic and mean and weird. Just do it faithfully and say, I want to know what's true. I'm going to seek after truth. And let me tell you, the place that you find it is in the Scriptures. Anything that God speaks to you will speak in concert with the truth of the Scriptures. So let that play out in your life. Don't just believe anything you hear in a song, you see in a film, or even hear in a sermon. Put away every form of evil. Again, I don't have to explain this for too long. It's just the reality. Say, put away evil. So now, may the God of peace make you his own completely and set you apart from the rest. 
May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, kept intact, and wholly free from any sort of blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus, the liberating King. For the God who calls you is faithful and can be trusted to make it so. This is the key for you. You may go feeling that today, but if you're counting on a feeling that tells you God is faithful, it will not last. Right? That, that we begin to set our sights and anchor our lives in the truth that our God is a faithful God that will endure us and, and bring us through challenging and hard times. If you can live in that place and that belief that God is a faithful God, hard circumstances will not be nearly as overwhelming. Brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Greet one another warmly with a holy kiss. And here's my charge to you before the Lord. This is the letter I've read to all our brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the liberating King, be with all of you. Do we know if we have our, our oil? There's no lights in here for me to... No, let me... Um, okay. As, uh, as Paul concluded this letter... I, uh, I have a friend that concluded um, really his life and with similar words, and I wanted to share those with you. My, uh, my friend Kyle Lake uh, was pastor on staff with me at a church I started in Waco. And, um, and several years after I left for Houston, he became the lead pastor of the church, um, was killed tragically in a baptistry where he was electrocuted. Um, it was an awful thing. And... Um, we it's it's still we're we're about three years away from it now and it's just a deeply painful thing. But one of the moments of great comfort in the midst of all of it was we um we opened up his notes um for the sermon that he was going to preach. He was doing the baptism before the sermon. And the conclusion of his um of his sermon was this, and I want to read it to you. And really I want to pray it as a blessing over you. Um if our friends back there at the PowerPoint would Pull it up for me. He, um, Kyle says this. He says, live and live well. Breathe. Breathe in and breathe deeply. Be present. Do not be past. Do not be future. Be now. On a crystal clear, breezy, 70-degree day, roll down the windows and feel the wind against your skin. Feel the warmth of the sun. If you run, then allow those first few breaths on a cool autumn day to freeze your lungs and not just be alarmed, be alive. Get knee-deep in a novel and lose track of time. If you bike, pedal hard. And if you crash, then crash well. Feel the satisfaction of a job well done, a paper well written, a project thoroughly completed, and a play well performed. If you must wipe the snot from your three-year-old's nose, don't be disgusted if the Kleenex didn't catch it all, because soon he'll be wiping his own. If you've recently experienced loss, then grieve, and grieve well. At the table with friends and family, laugh, 
And if you're eating and laughing at the same time, then might as well laugh until you puke. And if you eat, then smell. The aromas are not impediments to your day. Steak on the grill, coffee beans freshly ground, cookies in the oven, and taste. Taste every ounce of flavor. Taste every ounce of friendship. Taste every ounce of life because it is most definitely a gift. As we gathered in tremendous grief, at the loss of my friend, these words were comfort beyond what you could believe. And I decided on that day that God had bestowed and sent that wisdom um, so that we would have ears to hear. And that's my challenge to you, that you would live, that you would live well, that you would understand that the things that we've been talking about are not a Christian phenomenon, the brokenness that exists in culture. The brokenness of families and friends around you are something that we're longing to redeem. And the days after that, I started listening to a certain song over and over and over again. I couldn't listen to it enough. Uh, this uh, band that I got to see in concert not long ago, Coldplay, um, had this song called Fix You. Have you heard this song? The, um, okay. When you, uh, they say in the song, let me, let me read to you the, this review because it captures so much of what, uh, that's the lyrics. Would you guys kick back to this um, review? Yeah. I, I read this review in, the, in Rolling Stone after I found myself listening to it over and over and over again, and it really deeply resonated with me. The writer says, finally, there's this song. He writes about the whole album. And he's a critic. His job is to critique their music. And he says, finally, there's this song, Fix You. And I'll tell you that right off the bat, I did not like this song at all. The first few times I heard it, I'm all for a little drama. But little is the key word. And the way they blew this thing up, you'd expect the music video to have people in a church closing their eyes and falling back into the arms of a preacher and having the cancer miraculously banished from them. It was just too much. And then something happened. And I hope you'll forgive me for getting all personal again. A dear friend of mine, whom I've known for seven years, passed away last week. And it took me several days for the reality to catch up with me, but... When it did, all of a sudden, this song started making perfect sense to me. The entire band come together gospel style and chant the following exchange twice over what amounts to be about a 90-second period. Tears stream down your face when you lose something you cannot replace. Tears stream down your face and die. It's as if he doesn't know what to say then. And that's how I feel. I've never dealt with this kind of thing so closely. And I guess I'm scared. Yet at the same time, I'm more hopeful than I've ever been about getting back on the horse and doing what I know I've got to do. Just got to figure this out. Right, this Rolling Stone reviewer had captured part of what I loved in the song. And part of what, I'm, I'm going to play it for you and just ask you to meditate on the words and the lyrics as we listen through um, with this music video. I'm going to ask you to do um, three things with me. One, um, to just listen and to pray. And secondly, as you hear the lyrics, uh, I'd love for you to find where are the places that this deeply resonates with you, that you feel a connection, that you sense that people around you also are aware. Part of what you're going to find is that Chris Martin in this song is deeply aware that his life is broken, and he's longing for a way to fix it. 
And the truth is, as we talked about over the last few days, it, that's the work of God. That's not something you can do on your own. Rules won't do it. A good life won't do it. Jesus is the only one that does that, that takes what's broken and makes it whole. And the rest of the culture is longing for it, and we have been given the path. And if we don't share it well, then we've missed it, and we've been disobedient. So I want you to listen, to pray, to meditate on that reality, and then as we conclude, we're going to, to announce that metaphor to one another. So at the end of the song, James is going to come up, and we're going to take a moment, and what I want you to do is, as, you, as the oil comes through the aisles from the Barnabas folks, I want you to just dip your finger in the oil, and I'd love for you just to make the sign of the cross. Just put a little dab of oil on the forehead of the brother or sister around you. And as you put the oil on someone, what you're going to say to them is, may God be with you. And as you receive the oil, if you'll say back to that person, and also with you. One of the simplest and yet most profound prayers that we can pray. Whatever good times you go through and whatever challenging times you go through, may God be with you and may we be with one another. Let me say a prayer for us and then we're going to begin this video. God, I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters. May the truth that we've immersed ourselves in over these few days be as real as the chair we're sitting on as we go home. That you are present with us, that you do not leave us, you declare in the Gospels, that you won't leave us or abandon us like orphans. You're a father that loves us dearly. In fact, your love um, doesn't contract when we fail. It, it expands to reach out to us. You're a God that is pursuing us. And Lord, we pray that in these few days as we've stopped, we've just begun to recognize that pursuit. May we live in that place. May we celebrate it. May we invite others into it. And may we, as we hear in this song, come to an understanding of the reality that is your work in the world that is fixing us, that's making what is broken whole.